0: We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapCXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and
1: a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.
0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Thunder buddies and travelers down Thunder Road, it's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway, coming to us part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network and powered by a large man appears.com. I'm your party host, your troubadour on Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined by a co host again this week, uh, a first time appearance on the show from Voices of Wrestler contributor, Joey O'Darty. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm very good as you. Or he said, I think I had a very fast and furious day today, not unlike your fast and furious day. I
0: Yeah, I think yours might have been
2: faster and more furious than mine. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know what I'm talking about, I became a father this morning, so it's hey. been a pretty hectic day. Woo-hoo. Breaking Hello, news,
0: son. that's what Days of Thunder is known for, breaking paternity news left, right and centre.
2: <laughs> oh, no, it's really good to be a dad again And yeah. again, I've got the adrenaline in my soul Maybe a bit like, unlike Cody oh. And I won't be going to sleep tonight She's in yeah. a hospital, so I've got time on my hands To, you know, go ahead and have a look at some thunder
0: Yeah, is there, like, what is your, like Because I've actually, for maybe the first time You know, I was telling you before I we came on That I'm, I'd be 34 in a couple of weeks And, like, my entire life I have never really had trouble sleeping Like, I can pretty much, like, I just pop in, like, one headphone, or now that I'm an old old man, I have those, like, sleep headphones that go around you like a headband, (laughs) like, so that it's not uncomfortable lying on my side with a headphone in, and I put on, like, a podcast or something like that, and I'm gone within about five or ten minutes, but the last couple of weeks... Had this weird restlessness at night What do you have Like obviously You're full of adrenaline right now So what would be your go-to thing To unwind in the evening If you were looking to kind of Get some sleep in
2: Dave Dave Ever since I became a father eight years ago, I'm gonna go to this father, you know, shtick every five yeah. minutes today because that's all I'm in. You, I it's your brand. Lean into it, man. Yeah, that's it. I've never had a problem sleeping since then. They wear you out. You get up early for school. Mm. You get you, you. bring them to training. You. you no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Nine
0: years, right? Okay, so like, I, I, I have, I, I, have at least a minimum of nine months of sleeplessness left if I can't find an alternate <laughs> yeah. strategy.
2: Well, maybe wafer, don't yeah, they? Don't yeah. don't jump into a straight. Yeah, yeah I'm not gonna romance say, the girl first. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> like, darling, I've been thinking about it, and I just really like sleep, So, um, yeah, I like. It's weird. It's like I've always been kind of a a nocturnal person you know and I think that goes back to the days of watching like raw live and some of that when I was in college that pretty much since I was 18 it's like I go to bed between 2 and 3 a.m. and I like my work suits that lifestyle very good because I don't have to start until 11 a.m. usually at the earliest um which is pretty good you know i'm not i'm not wrecked but i again i've never have trouble sleeping but just the last week or two it's it's a really it's a really weird thing maybe it's the dread of i know what's coming in 1999 thunder and there's this like existential <laughs> thing keeping me awake what are you sure you want to do this That I, cloud
2: of vince russo just hanging
0: over you yeah that could be it like I, he's I, coming he's yeah, coming i know i know
2: my, my own voice would be pre-having killed children go yeah. for a run yeah, maybe you use around half eight, maybe nine. Like I like to, I used to like to get out for a run as much yeah. as I could, and a good thirty minutes, and you know, just to get the juices flowing a bit, and you, know, you might just.
0: Do you know, I'm a big swimmer, but my um my gym there's a gym, my gym is like, it's great because it's about a ten minute walk from my house, but the gym the the pool closes at eight thirty which sucks, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's... And that's normally when I'm getting that's home free, from work. Yeah. yeah, like, that's that really does not suit me. But, look, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. My, I've run out of now, because what I was doing the last while, the podcast I was on was I was binging all the Deadlock podcasts, and they're kind of, nice. like, reviews of classic wrestling and stuff. Because um, I'm trying to... The thing that's tough about doing this is any time a podcast I listen to hits WCW in this period, I have to stop listening to it. Because I don't want that cross-pollination of, like, yeah. stealing no, like, someone's gags. Takes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stealing someone's gags, stealing someone's takes. I don't want that. So, like, they've done a few that are in this kind of timeline, and I've kind of had to, like, skip around it. But, you so, I'll find something else. Something less sad than, I think, Elden Ring lore videos were my one before that. Um, that's <laughs> just a, it's a deep sickness. Like, I can't really excuse it. But, um... Joey, enough about me. Let's talk about you. So you're in the co-pilot's chair for this podcast, and I'm going to ask you what I asked Aaron a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And that's to describe to us, um, I suppose, the history of your fandom in terms of wrestling in general, and then where WCW enters into the equation for you.
2: Well, first of all, I remember what you said two weeks ago to Aaron that she was top of your list. I surely was bottom of your list, probably just after WWE Garrett, I imagine. <laughs> I was definitely <laughs> oh, never going to be there. Erin's <laughs> <laughs> a great guest. She was fantastic. Mm.
0: Aaron, Aaron put in the hard yards of being like one of the the first people I remember frequently in the mentions on Twitter when we started this thing. Um, so it would have been remiss of us to reach out onto the, into the Thunder Buddies and not go with Aaron.
2: Oh, and she's connected dots then with, you know, Randy Savage and Kevin Nash and Wider feuding all the way back to Survivor Series in 1993. Like, it makes
0: so much sense. Or no sense. Yeah. WCW, it can make all the sense and no sense all at once
2: it is what you make of it you know that's it like every week there's gonna be something different that probably wasn't you know very much uh you know thought of the week before and it's just let's just throw this at the wall and see what sticks and let's throw it again and see if it sticks again yeah. who knows but um to answer your original question my fandom with wcw really didn't really come in the terms of actual watching the wrestling for me i was a very poor Irish man as you can imagine. WWE was mostly for most people the only game in town like I know yourself maybe you used to have the, the satellite feed of TNT some people did but I wasn't very fortunate at that so my WCW fandom came from either the odd uh, Saturday uh, Saturday show on ITV or potentially just reading about it in probably around I'd say around from 98 maybe to you know to obviously just the Myers reading Power Slam magazines and getting up to speed exactly who Sting is who Goldberg is like these these are f- people that in these magazines these were larger in life and they looked shit cool and i just had no access to them so like it really wasn't until the network really came around to actually go back and watch a few pay-per-views or you know watch a couple of couple of night shows i never i think i watched one thunder in my my actual life until uh, this particular episode so you know it's been a it's been a journey
0: (laughs) yeah sorry about that in advance Um, oh yeah but uh, you come at a very interesting time And this is like it, it, It's funny because It's like It's almost the perfect era of the show To have guest hosts on Because we're in this I was kind of describing it on the last episode With uh, Aaron Where We haven't we've, we've firmly left the period Where I think you could have turned things around Easily for WCW But we've <sighs> not Yet enter a death rattle era. That's that's. Like, Russo. I think wrestling's
2: always very easy to recover once there's not too much lasting damage. Like I think just in recent memory, you look at like Miro and his his gamer character, for example, and how that was absolutely terrible. But a couple of weeks later, a bit of a bit of you know absence from Miro came back as the redeemer, and you can see how easily fans just forgot about the absolutely crap gimmick mm. he had. And I think in WCW, like. It never really got to the change where, if things were to change to a certain degree, that they could really forget about the past. It got yeah. to the stage, especially in this particular area, where things were just going downhill very slowly, I, and it was very hard to stop that. I think know, I think it's tough. For,
0: I think it's tough for them as well because. AW don't have to contend now with like I can change the channel to an incredibly hot product like W with WCW where like if Thunder or, like if if Nitro isn't doing it for me if it's another dog shit three hour Nitro I can switch over to the Nashville network and something crazy is happening on Raw. You know, because and we've got... Rob like, was
2: particularly hot, this particular period. Yeah. Like, you know, you got you Jericho, who's just probably about to pop up on the screen. You've got yeah. The Rock, Triple H, they're, hit, they're really hitting their stride. It's a, mm. a really different story for what's going on in, in Titan yeah. Towers compared to what's happening so in So, like,
0: where in AEW is, like, I think a lot of the fans give, like, Amiro or whoever else, like, a lot of rope, because I don't think a lot of the regular AEW people are people that are going to be likely to go back over to WWE anytime soon I think like their core is going to be made up of people who are just what WWE presents to them is long since past what they're interested in with like some rare exceptions I'm sure Um, but it is is a fair point that like I, I do think that in some areas I've noticed WCW touring still at this point they haven't given up the fans haven't given up on the company but they're just begging for anything like just give us a morsel of the stuff that we started watching this started attending these shows for and WCW just don't seem partial to give them anything there are yeah, some there, stuff there are some things Potential that there. there. there's yeah.
2: a lot of potential there they you just mm. look at Thunder like, there is people and talent there that you can use in a positive yeah. way they just don't
0: <laughs> yeah you know like it's it's the same old story with them it's like there's so many people that like since even since we started the podcast and like that's only you know um, 98 like 98, 99 you've got loads of people who you can see getting hot organically with the crowd to the point where they could pull the trigger on them and make a new guy like maybe not a stone cold rock um, level guy but a guy like a big star and they've made one in this time in Goldberg and, and fucked it Um but what happens with everybody Bar Goldberg is that before they pull the trigger and put the belt on the guy, it's like they keep them in the holding pattern so long because whoever it is on top, like Nash or Hogan or whoever just doesn't want to share that plinth with anybody. And by the time it gets to, Oh, we might as well go with this guy. They've cooled off. You know, it's, it is incredibly frustrating Um, seeing how over some of these guys are and how much the crowd Crowd and the, the organic direction of things is telling them, like it's flat out giving them answers to their problems, and they can't hear it and they can't see it or they won't.
2: Um, it's just there's, there's been so many people you can see that's even just before this period in WCW that, like you say, they've missed the boat. And mm-hmm. but it, like you say, by the time they do pull the trigger, the chance is gone. And this is it's not just a, a once off occurrence, this happens habitually. Going throughout, yeah. you, throughout WCW's history, yeah. history like and it, it's not just it's not just a problem that's confined to WCW. WWF are very much guilty of that. Yes. sort of same you know booking flaw sometimes. Well, but probably not just to the same extent. Mm. But like you know, Lex Luger for example, the time for him was Summerslam '93, yeah. and it just that was it. And the, the law of the mission returns. Is just fans didn't give a shit going forward, and thankfully you know probably mm. for fans at the time he wasn't given that push afterwards maybe Vince just didn't see it from that point forward but mm. at the same time Luger there was potential there he had yep. it he had the fans he had like he, the Lex Express I don't know about you but like at the time I felt this guy was the next Hogan at the time when he was facing the Yokozuna at SummerSlam attack this This yep. is the, the pinnacle for him that he's going to get this and it just didn't happen to him a bit of a you know, wet fart in the end and at the end look, look where he was a year later he was mm-hmm. in a tag team with British Bulldog and he was doing that gimmick with uh, the millionaire man Tatanka like it just what could have been
0: yeah like uh, Lex Express was like slightly before my time as a fan because it's like so I came I'm in showing in my age <laughs> I
2: know I came
0: in in 96 um, oh
2: 89 Brett. for me I'm such, a, yeah. such an old
0: bastard Brett and Sean was, was me getting in and um Like, I... Even though I was getting in that, I can totally see. Like, going back when I've looked at any of the Lex era stuff, I'm just like... Like, how did you not... Like, even if you didn't see in him what you saw in a Hogan or whoever else, the crowds were telling you that they wanted it. So, like, you should have, you know? And, And, like, still to this day that company is doing that kind of stuff like we saw with like just this year with sammy and then cody is like the crowd were telling you they were ready for roman to drop the belt and it was the perfect like crescendo of story and how rarely do you get that twice in a month where you get to like you could have the perfect dismount from this long-running story you've backed yourself into a corner on but even with let just on on lex before we move on like Lex was still so over that the, cup, the the when they would put the belt on him in WCW it was a huge thing like when he won the belt on Nitro it's one of the biggest Nitro moments of all time. Um and he's still like he's showing up the, the, periodically when they remember he's on the roster and get him out on a Nitro or a Thunder in this period of time in 99 like he still gets huge reactions. So like even though he wasn't worth a fuck in the ring definitely in 99 anyway. Um he's he's still like would have been a big attraction at the top of the card even if it wouldn't have been
2: tremendously entertaining to watch bell to bell Uh, he he was presented like a star like again like I go back to as a WWF guy from back in that era and I'd be flicking through the magazines and I'd look at guys like Luger and Sting and like, they appeared like they were big deals. They were presented to me as a fan. I was like, oh, I want to check these guys out. I just have no means to do it, really. Mm. Or didn't have a friend that had it. So, for me, I looked at these guys, and I think automatically these guys have an aura. The WCW are making these guys look cool. Yeah. The whole aesthetic of WCW at the time, for me anyway, it looked like it was very interesting. And, like, anytime I did get to see the likes of Sting in action or like Buff Bagwell, for example, even though, like, like, again, Buff Bagwell, he's not exactly the... The pinnacle of wrestling but he looked like he was presented to a star and he had that charisma that yeah. he could present himself as something more than a big deal but just again booking never really followed yeah. suit and he's one of the ones that like it stands to
0: your point of like you can heat people back up again it's never completely over because this little run he's on now they've heated him up quite a bit like not to this guy is going to win the world title level but you know they've had him get the better of flair and the boys like very frequently of late and like got a clean pin over flair which doesn't happen that often even now in 99 so you absolutely can do it if you want which just speaks to their kind of having the blinders on and like you know we've done the laundry list before me and lee on the show but like just in the 98 to where we are now you've had opportunities to do something like at different levels not all world title levels but like you've had moments with Dean with Jericho with Saturn with Raven um with DDP with Booker T is the one that like they do eventually go with Booker T they did eventually go with DDP but by the time they did it's not as special as if they had struck while the iron was hot and particularly DDP's case where by the time they they make him a multiple time world champion they've turned him heel which nobody wanted um it's, it's just bizarre. And, like, it, it's... One of the great what-ifs for me would have been what if they went Booker a year earlier. Yeah. Like um,
2: Booker was... He was he was really... At one stage in, in probably around ninety nine if I recall correctly, like yeah. he was starting to gather really big momentum. He was yeah. starting to, like, you know, lose the Harlem Heat stink, for lack of a better word. I don't think yeah. really stink is probably the correct term. But he was starting to show himself as... This is a guy. He can he, he represent the star. He has yeah. something... But just, it never got over that hump. And by the time it got to the hump, I think it was it it 2000. It just yeah. didn't, he, he felt like a lesser guy. He, he, he felt like he'd only gone with him because you guys are gone or they're out of the yeah. picture.
0: And in 2000, they're 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 already like hot the world title around every five minutes. So it wasn't oh, special God. anymore. When you get to that era,
2: man. It's just going to get yeah. so confusing to the people who like, weren't in that era to watch it. The fact that like.
0: like in the last, you know, 10, 12 months of that promotion um booker manages to get five title reigns and he's not even one of the guys they ever considered a top top guy tells you how what.
2: many resets do they have in that period
0: only one of them was good i'll tell you that <laughs> and it was only good for one episode but again that's something we will get to uh i don't know about you Joey, but you're ready to talk about some thunder I am indeed. Let's do it. This is Thunder episode sixty nine. Nice. From <laughs> Lafayette, Louisiana. First of July nineteen ninety nine. Uh we are down uh below the three market ratings. This got a two point seven. dipping, dipping, dipping. Trouble. Trouble ahead. I don't know about you, Joey. I'm worried about world championship wrestling. No you're
2: gonna could it's it's going to spike around <laughs> thousand and
0: one, yeah, new boom period right on the way <laughs> um so today immediately throws to nitro um and we see Nash defending the title against insurmountable odds um where just a small army of people appeared to be interfering in this match classic nitro uh, I spotted uh, i don 't know if you spotted anybody else, but I spotted Team Madness. Uh, Flair Piper arn the entire Jersey triad and the woman now identified as Tori Wilson uh, yes. for the first time she's no longer Samantha um, I am quite sure ha- I haven't watched this Nitro but I'm quite sure that no references to her being previously Samantha were ever made it was just there's Tori I, I fine would, I, I don't I, mind that. I, I, I I, that I can buy that because
2: I, I, I wouldn't have remembered her as Samantha too much myself
0: I wish I wish I didn't remember Samantha um, but yes, so um, The segment ends uh, With Nash wielding a cattle prod Abducting gorgeous George And then Tory, who had initially been out With the heels, deciding to go Voluntarily with Nash And his hostage um, And then we see Sting be quote Sting uh, Looking A-sting. on A yeah, Sting <laughs> uh, From the wing mirror of a Hummer Um yes yes folks there will be more hummer chat on this program
2: there's, there's a lot to dissect from that in nitro yes. uh, recap first of all like my first thoughts is aaron anderson is doing his best uh football on the groin impression uh, <laughs> yeah god bless He's like some, i'd love
0: to have picked aaron's brain around this time and what he thought of all this like because uh, at least like you know you know that flair like from everything flair said since like flair was already checked out And he was just, like, collecting his paycheck. And he was just hoping that, like, maybe his son would get, like, a decent payday. And that's kind of all he was mentally in it for WCW by 99. Like, after all the unpleasantness with Bischoff was settled. Um, But Arne, like, being such a Roslin guy... Seeing this whole place crumble around him, like just penny for his thoughts during some of these segments,
2: like just like okay, it's it's fascinating to see how like I say just for example, I say ten years ago in WWE from like two thousand and twenty three, things aren't that dramatically different, but ten things, ten years from WCW, it's a completely different era, different setup, different mindset. It's yeah. like to be Aaron Anderson To go from that transition To be with this company the whole time More or less yeah. I think it's beyond the brain busters Going to WWF at the time mm. Like this is such a different Different ball game This Again. is a different different field altogether
0: And he was still like actively wrestling Until like right before Thunder started So like he kind of As a wrestler Had it not been for injury Would probably still be wrestling During this era, era of Nitro and Thunder I don't know what that looks like
2: like if you look in '93 compared to now, that's like that's like what six years. Like it's yeah. not that big a period if you think about it, and it's it's crazy to see yeah. the contrast between sure. you know we think it was Rick Rude at the time, WCW Heavyweight Champion, to what we're getting now is like nearly like, every second week there's a different champion. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and even in terms of wackiness, like you could throw a stone backwards in time and hit the Dungeon of Doom. That's how like recently that was. Oh, uh, it's like they've gone through like in less in the decade of the '90s. They have gone through about three to four different versions of this company. uh, And will go through another distinct period within a couple of months. Um, But yeah, it's like... I feel like sometimes they do these cold opens and they do like a, um, a recap of Nitro. And it's good because it sets the stakes and let you know exactly what's going on. This felt like just a little bit too chaotic for me where like I didn't really... I, I'm still not straight on what exactly the match was that we were having a look at he was defending the title in some sort of a way um it's, I think it's,
2: it's it's very it's 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 very chaotic even just to, to try and grasp what's going on the situation with Tori leaving with him like you know who the heels who the faces are it's not The whole, the storyline itself is just very confusing. It's not, they're not exactly traditional faces and heels in in this particular era. Because we've got Nash with the
0: book. I imagine the entire conversation about like somebody probably asked like, but why would Tory go with you? And he just kind of looks at himself and goes, "I'm big sexy." Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, fair enough.
2: And we will get to more periods of Nash just loving himself as things yeah, go yeah. on in this particular yeah. episode. And it's just fascinating to see what, like, I think you made a very good point two weeks ago with, uh, with Aaron, when, when he doesn't give a shit, he's at his best. But when yeah. he tries to take an interest and tries to make himself look cool and the top guy, it's just, I don't know, he's trying too hard a little bit.
0: Yeah yeah Like I, I think we'll, we'll talk about The running segment He has on this show But he's definitely Trying to come off As Whoa. cool on it what And that's segment. not That's not the Enjoyable segment. part Of these segments We'll talk about
2: his Are we uh, going to dissect, dissect that scene By scene As they uh, go Or are we going to Have one uh, big recap at Oh the end? no
0: we'll go we'll, we'll drip feed it Because it's um, Not from <laughs> Nash But there's somebody else That's like It's a career making Acting performance By them But uh, Well he did we get, get, get Hired
2: to... by Sam Raimi So <laughs> true out, coming And coming, you know yeah. what Like that yeah.
0: movie came out What like 2002 So you know no, it was probably casting in '99. That's it. Sam Raimi might have been, on. you know, what? I'm gonna throw on TBS this evening while I'm uh, <laughs> looking over my screenplay. Like, who's this magnetic presence? I've been looking for a bone saw type. Um, so we go, this goes straight into a break. So that's our whole first segment thrown away on a recap that we didn't really understand. We come back ah, from WCW. the break, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, again, like WCW timing. Paige and Canyon are already in the ring. Um, and look Sometimes I love The already in ring When it's gonna lead Like straight to a match With no talk And like so the um Was it Claudio And Phoenix The other week On, on yes. Dynamite Like where One we just Open the show in and Just open the show Ring introductions Bell ring Let's go Brilliant Like that That gives a sense of urgency To shit like this when DDP and Canyon are already in the ring and are about to cut a promo, it smacks of, we did not time out this show. Uh, I, yeah.
2: Oh, I will not. not, not we're, no. we're
0: two segments in and we're already running long. That's incredible. Especially when the first segment was a pre-tape.
2: What, what do you make of DDP's attire pre-match?
0: I, look considering <laughs> considering his age and his old profession of like being a bouncer in what i have to imagine are hilariously tacky nightclubs from any number of 80s gangster flicks he dresses exactly <laughs> like a man like that would dress
2: that's that's what i'll say what did you think of it Oh, I thought you. I thought you just finished a marathon. You know when the, these guys are running thirty-eight miles, or you know, and they're, they're, they've got someone to there to throw some tin foil over them. They just yeah. looked like this, this. This isn't something you'd wear to make yourself look cool and presentable. It's not this to, era.
0: A phrase that I would use to describe, uh, Paige quite often during this period, is crispy. Because hmm. if you if you look at the man's skin, it looks like he spent. Because this is at the height of tanning beds. Uh, well, that would explain was, the foil, to be fair. Yeah, yeah Maybe the foil. Yeah. Like, the color, you know. <laughs> He's like a fucking jack of potatoes, is what he is. Actually, now that I think <laughs> about it, what a jack potato. He's because, over. Because if you look at his skin, like it's got the like the sunspots and the kind of like dry redness of somebody that like fell asleep in the sunbed and was in it for an hour or too long. um I don't know if this was a like a cultural phenomenon outside of Ireland but Joey do you remember like in that late 90s early 2000s period where like a group of maas would get together and rent like a sunbed that would be in
2: one of their houses yes that was a, a staple in Peer Street where I'm from like yeah. there was always a couple of and there would take, be maas that weren't exactly on the cusp of beauty to begin with, yeah, <laughs> they had hard lives in the sense of they'd already be smoking twirty silica purple already a day. Yeah, they'd be definitely on the on the beer at least three or four nights a week, like you know. Yeah. And they'd, yeah. they'd 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 have that like that weathered look on their face, and they thought, yeah. well, do you know what, let's get some sun, and you know that's yeah, going to yeah. make things you know much yeah. better for my skin, which yeah. it didn't.
0: Yeah, you're you're hanging a poster over a crack in the plaster at that stage, aren't you? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's what I think of. Like now, now I'm thinking Jack a But what I have been thinking about Paige lately is just like crispy from from a sunbed. But he um, he
2: makes it work.
0: To be fair to him, yeah. And looks still like you know he's he's quite like he's what in his late sixties now is he mid late sixties?
2: Oh, he looks he looks great for his age. Like for
0: it. his age, he still looks great. Which, considering the amount of like abuse he must have been giving his skin during this period, is is quite phenomenal for the guy. That I tell you, that DDP yoga, it it works miracles.
2: I did like some of his lines as well. To be fair to him, like oh. know, coupon clipping, He's had a work in yeah. coupon clipping into a, you know, I, a hateful I, promo. I like it.
0: I've got these so I've got two lines from him I've written down it's like you love me you hate me but you'll never forget me pretty good,
2: it's good. and then
0: the one you were uh, alluding to there he calls them and I quote Copenhagen dipping coupon clipping draft beer drinking rednecks
2: he's great I just think that's a, and he delivers it very flawlessly as well I think yeah. anyone could say that and make it just sound shit but he just delivers it so well and so yeah. like as you say crisp Yeah, and, and that Idea. no no he's just, I just there's something about this guy that's just likeable you can see when he's, he's face or heel I don't know I always warranted a guy yeah no I lo- I love him
0: and I think he's a guy that I think he got an awful lot of stick in the 2000s and the 2010s when people would be doing shoot interviews and talking about how he liked to lay out his matches move for move and I'm like I don't care how you make the sandwich once the sandwich is delicious when yes. I'm eating it I don't care I, I mean I guess within reason
2: um <laughs> it depends. Once someone's like, at least washing their hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand, you know. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't really work in this analogy. Yeah. Like the guy, like let's be honest, this guy he Started very late in his career compared to yeah. other guys, you know, and you've got to commend this guy for having the confidence to start as early, especially when guys were retiring like in 35, 36 in some cases. At you know, in the professional wrestling, this yeah. guy took a chance. He got himself over, and he's so likable. I just think he's just the mm-hmm. he's the kind of guy working class here that you kind of want to root for. Yeah,
0: and uh, damn near the top of my list, um, for people that were done dirty by WWE.
2: Oh you know? God, Jesus Christ! Let's not talk about the stalker yeah. angle, please. Yeah, like, uh, that this, day will this, come. Where I this have guy to. is a natural face. There's no doubt. it. some people yeah. just like don't get me wrong. You can still turn people heel in the way. Right, yeah. But these, this circumstances to have him as a stalker for the Undertaker's yeah. wife. Like what the
0: There's f- the more time goes on with me and Lee, and the more people start listening to this show. And I, we've had already now. Bear in mind, we're only about halfway through the timeline run of the podcast. But there's already people concerned about. Are we just gonna stop podcasting when thunder ends? Um and the more people that are asking that, the more people are listening, the more I'm like I'm saying to Lee is like, we're gonna have to do the fucking invasion, aren't we? Oh yeah. Well like
2: <laughs> it's the natural progression. Like you have to yeah. see where WCW went to die. God. And god, you'll probably oh, have to go you. to the NWO invasion too. Oh god
0: yeah anyway dull times uh,
2: dull times my friend yeah so
0: young parent Saturn comes out for our first match which is DDP with Canyon versus Perry Saturn um, Paige kind of steamrolls him at the bell and uh, we are maybe five seconds into this match before Tanae and Larry start right into Hummer talk
2: yes uh, as and somebody of course, yeah. they, they, they also say there's like I this. I think Larry says there's uh, folks there's hundreds thousands of people they're wearing Stin masks in the area I can't see one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and there and the thing is,
0: there have been in the past. But this yes. is this is not the week to be doing that bit. <laughs> um what do you think like as somebody who's kind of um you know, you've been listening to the podcast, but you weren't, as you said, like a, a WCW guy necessarily at the time, coming back to this like what has been known infamously as the Hummer Angle, like is it the horse shit you had always worried it would be?
2: No. It is and it isn't, I suppose. But the, it's one of those things that's infamous. You obviously, without even watching the show back then, like, you could read this and you know think people aren't too happy. Like, I'd read Power Slam magazines, and I think it was, oh, Manners, Matt Musings, they would have a, like, they had a piece on it one week where how basically horse shit it was. But, mm. like... It would have been good if they actually just had any sort of forward planning, you know. To yeah. had like the, the obviously this is what they want to do, but they had no idea where it was going to go. And if they just had somewhere that they wanted to go, it would have produced something much yeah. more, you know, favorable and much more pleasurable. Yeah, it's just it's it is what it is.
0: Once they didn't have Carmen Electra in the bag anymore, it was aimless after that. <sighs> um, but I, I think it's one of those things where my big grievance with it, watching it now. Because, one, like, I'm trying to take myself out of the fact that I know it goes nowhere satisfying, ultimately. That it's just a bunch of this, you know, forcing it down your throat. And it's just one of those WCW things that just fizzes out rather than has this incredible conclusion. But, like, um, that's the
2: thing. It was one of those things that, like, you think, right, it's been built up. They've they've, they've made it a big deal themselves by mm-hmm. mentioning Like, this is a DDP versus Saturn match and they're talking. Homer, Homer, Homer. Yeah. Like... If you don't know really where it's going to go, let's, like, let's not present yeah, it to be as big a deal as you should be. Yeah.
0: L- let it cook in the background until you figure it out or
2: something. Yeah. Or but just let it die quietly.
0: What I was going to say was, uh, like, even taking that the fact that we have that ability to know where it's going from 2023, um, the thing that I'm annoyed about watching it is that the crowds are actively telling them they don't care. Yeah you know like and there it reminds me like and it's quite harsh because in terms of like historical significance it's not nearly on the level of the homer thing but Aye. the few weeks of the four pillars stuff in AEW at the start of this pay-per-view cycle where the crowds were telling them we don't want this and they just kept doing it now they are pivoting a bit so like mm-hmm. they are listening way more than WCW did but the first couple of weeks very much felt like that where the crowd are telling you we don't care we don't want to see this and you are just trying to tell them, no, you do. You are interested in this and they ain't buying it. And that's what this... I've noticed very much that a lot of the Hummer talk has shifted to commentary rather than people on live mics in the arena talking about it because they, I think they know the reaction it's going to get if they start talking about it again. Just interesting but
2: That, that me. tells you exactly what. If you know it's going to get shit on by the live audience or ignored... Maybe yes. it's not the best idea to keep going, but like that's a, you have to listen to your audience. I think. especially when you're WWE in this area, like and even that's, again, they're not the only company guilty to this. Like is AEW sometimes WWE hundred percent, especially in modern yeah. era. Like, WWE is you, the, it's the house style to tell you yeah. this is important until yeah. you just go okay, fine. This is what you like. This is you're, just, you're gonna like this. You don't you don't like this thing you actually like. No, you like no. this thing, and. Like the Homer was all, like I, I'm personally never being a, like even back then, like I was never a huge fan of these kind of angles. Like even the, the who who knocked uh, who knocked over Steve Austin, you know, the yeah. whole investigation was like, who like, it, it was always one of the things that like, we'll kick this count down the road and see where it lands and then eventually when it lands with Rikishi, like no one gives a shit. Like, you know, no yeah. no, no one gave a shit about Rikishi and like it was I, never gonna be that thing to yeah. make him a star. I, I, There's other ways to make this guy a star. People were kind of
0: like, right, okay. but it just turns out it was Triple H, it was Triple H all along that did it. it was like, okay, that's the one that we, we'll give you that. If it was it that, makes that sense. makes sense. We'll go with that. But then, like, it was just such a wet fart the Rikishi stuff, and then the I did it for the Rock, and then it was ultimately like they panicked and they're like, uh, but it was orchestrated by Triple H. Just yeah. Well, just, there's
2: one thing. There's one thing. Rich from Voices Wrestling told me when he, when he first joined, he was always like. Predictability isn't a bad thing in wrestling. No, it, 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 can, it can build things. It's it's logical. It's pragmatic. And like sometimes trying to be so unpredictable, like it, like WWE have been this year, but trying to oh you thought Cody was winning, winning. Oh, hold on a second. Mm. It like you sometimes the ro- the, the right answer is to predictable and the most logical ones. Not necessary yeah. to swerve. You know, and yeah, like the, like the Rikishi thing for example, to swerve for the sake of a swerve. Mm. The best quote
0: unquote swerves are the ones that as soon as they happen. You're shocked, but then absolutely make sense yes. as soon as you start thinking about it.
2: Like, a great example of that would have been the turn of ECW wrestlers in WWE. Do you remember like when you had like I mean, it was Kane oh, and Jericho the, the, and you the, had Bubba Ray come down the ring you had Taz come down the ring and I was thinking oh, here we go the WWEF guys and that was brilliant.
0: The infamous Raw where they hot about 18 months worth of angles in two hours. I still loved
1: it. Yeah, oh look, that i very easily pleased.
0: The moment in between the turn and the moments Stephanie McMahon comes out is great. Yes, you know, like the, the 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 Paul screaming, feel this moment for the rest of your life. That stuff is great. Yes,
2: don't don't you know McMahon's are the stars though. That's what yeah. people come to see. Like you don't remember yeah. WrestleMania 2000? It was a McMahon's that did that, not the Rock and Triple H and others. Oh god! Oh
0: god! But, but back to this match. <laughs> um So after the Sting mask stuff. Um, the guys get are back in the ring and, and Paige reverses a whip but Saturn uses the momentum to drop kick Canyon off the apron. Saturn follows Canyon out but Paige surprises them with a plancha heat now as Paige distracts the ref to let Canyon get a few licks in um, I gotta say um, during this whole Jersey triad period as well as like, I'm kind of bummed when it's it seems to be mostly Bam Bam as the, the man on the outside when they do when the three of them are out there because one because I'm I love Bauer and I, I wanna see him wrestle. But also because even though he's a great wrestler, the one who is the ten out of ten goof at ringside that is like has the characteristics best suited to a heel manager is Canyon. Yes. By a mile. He is like it just an unbelievable
2: talent. Uh, like at like, like just every being a guy has character. to be the, the the top guy. This yeah. guy was always a great undercard talent. He was so underrated. He had these mannerisms, this presence about him that just you could you could easily believe he would be this kind of you know goofy aloof kind of character. in here yeah. where like you say, bam bam. He's he, he that wasn't his stick. That wasn't his back yeah. That's not his strengths.
0: He should just be killing dudes. Uh, if there's one. I one dumb angle from the, the 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 final run of WCW. I can't wait for it's positively canyon. I want to yes. see some canyon cutters. I'm so excited for when that happens because uh, you talk about like again a, a guy in the uh, wrestling's long proud tradition of like they gave him shit and he turned it into gold. Even
2: even in the invasion, if you eventually make it that far, you have like he was the MVP of uh, the the alliance. So, I like, he this is shit. He, got, he probably came up with this on the fly himself just to give himself something to do. And before you know, he's getting reactions. He's getting over. Like, and then he gets creamed by Steelchair. steel chair.
0: Um, so, sidewalk slam from Paige as Larry then opines on commentary that Flair and Piper have lost it. Good to see he's finally up to date with the program. Um, <laughs> he says they're going to stack the deck against the babyface at the pay-per-view. More on that later. Uh, through a break uh, where we were apparently... Uh, treated to not the last reference on this show to uh, Megadeth. As yes. During the ads a new Megadeth track from Universal Soldier uh, played. We're going to be reviewing that movie when it comes out.
2: Have, have you seen the movie?
0: I have only seen the clip that they showed on Nitro for about four oh. months of Goldberg spearing into an empty elevator. I watched
2: it at the time. I watched it way back when and I, I was like I, I loved the first movie with, with Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude and i just thought this is an epic film i was like yeah now do you have a sequel to a brilliant and i didn't really grasp the concepts as a, as a 14 year old of what a direct to a dvd yeah. <laughs> film was and god that was a wasn't really a patch on the original
0: no uh yes i eagerly await sitting down for my first screening of that uh, standing sidekick gives saturn an opening roll up for two page with a sit-out Cutter attempt, but Saturn shoves him into the ref. Canyon in, and he wraps the title belt around the buckle, which, again, that Canyon, like, just doing things slightly differently than you usually see, seeing him wrapping it around the top turnbuckle. Uh, Saturn goes for the 10 punch but Canyon obviously has rigged the turnbuckle so he just picks him up and drops him face first on the belt I love Can- that bit that was a great spot it was really clever really inventive way no, like I, I the- can't
2: remember ever seeing that particular spot in no. and anything off the top of my head slowly thought, listen once it's unique yeah, yeah. it works every other time it's the guy will
0: take the padding off the turnbuckle and he'll do the drop onto his face on the exposed turnbuckle that's, that's, ha- that's just how that's done so like yeah I absolutely appreciate him doing that so once he's, he's pancaked, Canyon drags him under Page. Kick out! Canyon is livid. Starts arguing with the referee. While this is happening, Benoit materialises in the ring out of fucking nowhere. Hits the diving headbutt on Page and Saturn wins. Uh, upon the bell, big suicide dive by Benoit. But Bigelow comes out uh, in his tearaway stripper pants. Oh man, uh, I, I, I had a
2: pair of those when I was I don't know if you were part of the 96-99 tearaway crowd but I was yeah. all in with the Eddie that's tearaway man yeah, yeah. don't no, knock I them don't him. knock them I had them
0: uh, as the segment ends Tanay is teasing the debut of the No Limit Soldiers late, later tonight and two kind of two world title bouts what did you think of this one
2: I enjoyed it for what it was like it was probably yeah, it, it, for a Thunder match it was fine I yeah. kind of would have liked to go a bit longer. Like, yeah. like I I'm a big Perry Farrell fan. Like, when he is given a chance to display his talents, yeah, this guy is entertaining. Canyon made this, uh, thoroughly as an interference guy, made this really well. And then even Benoit, like, you, like he doesn't do much wrong until, the, obviously, the unpleasantness through, you know, 2008. But, in the ring, this guy is is phenomenal he hits everything for me like you know he's just so crispy so clean Mm. it's why there's nothing necessarily wrong with his except for the fact that like it's kind of short
0: yeah yeah All, all participants in the match highly skilled there's definitely as you said because it's so short there's definitely more in the tank we've seen these guys have longer matches and better matches um but Absolutely satisfactory morsel of what they're capable of doing for an opener on a TV show. Um, our next match was not that. No. This was uh, the No Limit Soldiers, the team of BA, Brad Armstrong, and Swole with Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. versus, and I think this is maybe why Lee wasn't around this week, dis- the returning <laughs> disorderly conduct. Mean Mike, Tough Tom, Salty Sally, the gang's all here. Oh, God. Um, my first like, note for this match, Joey, said, fuck
2: me, these lads are back. Oh, I love these guys. They're so bad. They're good. Like, I just love that these guys, obviously, to try and separate themselves from the crowd in WCW, have the worst attire and haircuts known to man. Mm. Like, even their names, they don't make any effort with them. It's like, t- me, and, me and Mike, tough Tom. It was like, come on. this is like The saddest part. And, you look at the Midnight part, Express and probably uh, probably the new Midnight Express and seen bombastic Bart and bodacious Bart and think, ah, how can we copy this and make it worse?
0: The saddest part is they probably took longer than be, than they'd be willing to admit <laughs> of those names.
2: They don't look like the smartest guys.
0: Yeah. I also want to uh, make it head cannon that long-time Irish wrestling stalwart Duncan Disorderly took his name as a as a tribute to his favorite tag team Disorderly Conduct, <laughs> and you'll not
2: convince me otherwise. Well, at least he didn't take the you know, the, 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 the entire homage, thank God. Because oh, I don't know what they're trying to. Well, you know, you couldn't this. you
0: couldn't wear that gear because you'd cover up his shitty prison tats. <laughs> <laughs> like. But they, like, I do
2: think again, shitty prison tats. They're so bad they're good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that is very true. Like, it's the one industry in which that kind of works as a positive. Um, today, once again, mentions Megadeth. So, the, the t- it's so funny. They're over. Funny. They're stars of the show, man. It It is so funny that the two things where it's like, you're going to need to want to tune into Nitro this week. Hey, Megadeth are playing and they're playing their new song from uh, from Universal Soldier. And then almost as a postscript, like, oh, yeah, Bret Hart's back. Oh, yeah. I
2: like, it's, it's sorry. Back for a month's back. Oh, it's only Bret Hart. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, how, how far has he fallen since uh, 1997? Because this
0: is his big, I, I believe, like, because, again, this is, like, maybe his third return in the year he's been there. Um, And I, I think this is the one where it's his return from his fake quitting. It's... Which should be a bigger deal.
2: Like, everything about Brehart at this particular time, like, you know, it should have been a bigger deal. How, you were gift-wrapped. How can you, you, were not, were how
1: can you the, not
0: know how to use this guy? You were gift-wrapped the WWF champion. And you fucked it from day one, you fucked it. Oh, like mad. I'm having that guy win the WCW title on his first Nitro.
2: You, you know, make him he's a ready-made star. Ready-made ready star. They
0: would never, they would never deliberately build to a pay-per-view. It's pay-per-views build to Nitro in this company, so I'm not gonna, like, do my booking thing, which would be build him up for the first pay-per-view. I'm gonna do what WCW should have done, knowing they're booking tropes and just have him win the belt unannounced on Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> because like, even though, like, I'm against them doing unannounced shit on Nitros, you want to talk about being the biggest news story in wrestling for weeks, it's like, the WWF champion just went across and became the champion of the other company.
2: But he's lost so much steam at this stage. Like this yeah, is yeah. 1999. You, like, I was gonna he,
0: say you couldn't do it now, but they are no. about to do it. They are <laughs> going to put the world title on them in relatively short order. So look forward to that, everybody.
2: Oh man, he's just like this. At the time, would have been the equivalent of CM Punk coming to you know AEW initially. Like this, this, this guy had this kind like, I don't know if any of the listeners really remember how hot Bret Hart was at this particular time. He was but just was a household name. He, everyone knew who Bret Hart was like, yeah. like and like I, I don't know WWF obviously made him look like such a star even in the 90s, 96 and, you know, when he went off after like Wrestlemania like the fact that he was still on television every weekend showing in Lonesome Dove like you know this guy is this guy's the guy he's always going to be the guy and he was like he had so much fuel coming from the end of Montreal there's one thing that like they could have capitalised on was this and it could have propelled them to so much greatness yet nothing
0: And for them as well, like handling him well would have opened up Canada to them as a market that they didn't really like. I I feel like after the we've been talking a lot um, since All In tickets went on sale about how WCW never really utilized their popularity in Europe. Because when they did come over here, they sold like gangbusters, but they never booked big enough buildings, long enough tours or big enough shows. And they were still doing huge numbers. But the same is true of Canada, where, like, during this whole run so far, they've had, like, God, we covered the one the one Toronto Nitro they did. And that's about it. Like, none of these pay-per-views are going up north of the border. They wouldn't really, funnily enough, like, the Canadian wrestler that they would push huge over the next year is probably Long Storm. Long Storm. Yeah. Yeah and like Canada being part of his gimmick as well whereas like you have like honest to god Canadian royalty in Bret Hart coming in he
2: was love. you'd you, you underestimate like he was like Jack Charlton if, yeah. in the R's equivalent like he could do no wrong everything he did he, everything he did was, was, was correct everything that he said was wrong was going to be wrong this guy he could walk on water in Canada and You have this guy, he's just book Calgary, book Edmonton, book anywhere north of the border. And he will will either come close to selling that building out.
0: And he's not like, so you know, like another guy that came over for, you know, after the same fallout. Like, so Bulldog comes over, Bulldog is washed. He's done, you know he is absolutely done which is funny because he'd have a WCW run and then another WWF run even though I'm already saying he's watched but that's can,
2: you, really even, can you even call that a WWF run yeah. god yeah. man he, he, he had about two or three matches that I can really remember I don't know what else he did where's my title shot
0: yeah um But like Brett Like you said Like Brett was Full of piss and vinegar And he was still Physically capable For like until The end of
1: 99 Obviously
2: And you had Ready made stories You could have him Against so many big guys Straight away You could have him With Scott Hall Straight away Because they are connected To his mortal enemy From WWF it's, It's a no brainer Even just to set things off You'd have big match with Hogan who this guy obviously he had a lot of bad blood from 1993 yeah, a, yeah. Think
0: if, you could, if you could get both of them to agree to do business you could but like, that's Obviously, yeah, a difficult match to get going
2: Hogan not doing business I won't hear of it
0: yeah yeah that's not going I feel like inserting the Hikaru Shida that's not going to work for me brother here at <laughs> <laughs> this stage tremendous moment that was um, so I guess we got to talk about this match now where the the I think the foreboding sign that the two best wrestlers in this segment are both managing. Uh,
2: <laughs> These guys are like I, you, you, if you watch this show, like obviously you, you can tell by the entrance who's coming down the ring. But you get Rey Mysterio, we get Conan delivering, getting this crowd hyped up, and then they just fuck off and they, oh, you've got Brad Armstrong and Swole here, like yeah. it's, it's it's such a downgrade,
0: and it's such a like a Brad Armstrong's tenure on our podcast has been characterized by like there's nothing physically wrong
2: with this guy in the ring. He's good. He's, he's a good hand but he's c- completely miscast here. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I did laugh at Con- uh, So Conan does a shtick on the mic but this is like the gimmick Rey Mysterio has in promos now is to do shout outs oh. um, and it's usually to various record labels but on this show and this is where Garrett Kidney's beeper goes off he shouts out his boy Dominic
2: Oh, I heard that. Two years old, yeah. he would have been at the time, too. I'll tell you, long-term
0: storytelling. Long-term <sighs> storytelling. Um, the hootie-hoo is over in Lafayette. I'll give them that. Um, so the match just starts off with disorderly conduct, feeding and bumping for Swole. And they clearly, within three seconds of this match starting, I'm like, right, they don't trust Swole to do anything. And if I'm you not could-
2: saying that's wrong. If you could compare Swole to anyone in modern day, who would you who would you compare him to? Like, I look at him and think he's like a more athletic, smaller version of Omos. But I was going to say shit. Omos.
0: I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> short Omos or short one in a billion satin, I'm saying. But he,
2: he can move. You can see him. Yeah. He has athleticism in there. He just doesn't yeah. know how to work. He just yeah.
0: He's just... Uh, he's he's draft on roller skates. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he, actually, he can move, but he's so up in his head about, like what you're supposed to do in wrestling that he's just like he's got nothing and they don't trust him to do anything like he's just doing basic rips locks and clotheslines, uh, and the the this is the hardest Tane and larry work all night is trying to put over this guy's athletic credentials like his his college football days and stuff like that uh, and then as soon as actual wrestling has to start happening ba comes in to do it um tough tom takes uh, an awkward looking bump to the floor uh, i can't remember what expression he must have pulled but i wrote brad armstrong looks like a 50 year old men's rights activist <laughs> it's,
2: a, it's a fair comparison
0: is it the camo and the flat cap i think is what really does it um
2: so I, I, I would look at him he definitely wouldn't look at a place like a capital riot at all would he no no
0: god bless him which is funny considering you know who his
2: brother is. Um, <laughs> we'll say
0: no more. Uh, oh, well Arm- we, we
2: we will have to say more about his uh, brother he, unfortunately he has, as the show he, goes on. <laughs> he will make
0: us say more. So Brad Armstrong stuff again it's like we said, his stuff looks good but it's a shame he has like the like the, the, the charisma of a wet brick.
2: You he know? tries. I like I don't mind a guy when he tries, but like like the old Paul Heyman adage is like, you know, you know you know hide the hide the weaknesses, you know, accentuate the positives. Like and this guy is completely not in this particular role. This isn't gonna yeah. do him any favours. This is he and to be fair, he's never he, he's he's never gonna do much to be fair yeah. in this this roster compared to the other stars and the other potential that's there.
0: He's in that category with like a you know, a Mike Enos or people like that where like physically speaking
2: Brock, Brock Anderson.
0: There's nothing mechanically wrong with this guy necessarily. He's not spectacular, but he's not awful, but there's just not enough to do anything interesting with.
2: Yeah, he's um, just—he's just—he's just a face, isn't he? He's just—he's just, he's just yeah, there. He's just a dude making a. He doesn't numbers. suck, but he doesn't inspire. No, uh,
0: top rope night attempt by disorderly conduct backfires, and we get a hot tag. Swoll just doing basic punches and scoop slams. I did howl at him, attempting a pin off a scoop slam. Uh, one jobber goes flying over the ropes The other one into the corner Runs into a swole palm strike And the No Limit Soldiers win I did not expect that to be his finishing move
2: It's, it's not just the palm strike It's how he, it's how he executes it He tries yeah, to be Jackie Chan-esque And yeah. give it some sort of you know karate-like grace yeah. And it's just like This doesn't suit you at all <laughs> But he kind of
0: just catches him in the throat Rather than the face as well Which is, which is funny to me um uh, larry larry i don't know what this guy was smoking tonight just re- refers to the palm strike as a greco-roman move that's hard to block there well, you go so that it was, is, it, to be that fair first it, look,
2: it looked like it was hard to block to be fair yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> block tried to block it with his throat to no success uh, our <sighs> next singles match uh eddie guerrero versus la parca uh, the big man has a new jacket for this one um it's a contrast of styles in terms of like their personalities at this time. Because you have La Parker coming out, air guitar in the chairs, doing his little dances. He's happy to be here. He's got a leather jacket. And then Eddie comes out with that Hall of Fame scowl.
2: Oh, he's so intense. I fucking yeah. love how intense he is. Like, like I, I, you, you, We talked earlier about the, the Montreal match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, for example. I know we just mentioned it briefly, but... These two worked before the unpleasantness. They worked like they hated each other, but they kept it professional, you know, to that point. And that's what Eddie Guerrero brings. He makes it look like he hates this person. He's in the ring. He's so intense. He's so brooding. And, man, he you, you, you believe this guy he actually despises his opponent.
0: What do you think about this, um, this kind of, like, mini story arc that Eddie's going on as, like, the LWO hunter? Because, like, I like the idea of the story because he's a vindictive heel but he's also right they did turn his back on him but I feel like they're not making it like so he's telling a great story and they're putting him against the right people to tell that story but I don't feel like WCW is making this as big a deal as it should be like this guy is one by one taking out these fuckers
2: I think sometimes the best heels can be the ones who are genuinely wronged like if you remember again Touch on Bret Hart again. Let's go back there. Like when he lost to Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania twelve. Like he felt he was hard done by. He already had sixty minutes in there. He 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 had him dead to rights in the sharpshooter till the time round And then he was screwed over in his own head. Even though it was probably fair and square the way Grilla Monsoon you know got him back into the, the ring. And he had a genuine gripe. He genuine axe to axe to you know to, to grind. And Eddie Guerrero's in a similar position here. He has that particularly he, he, he's right he's justified and he yeah, is allowed to be a bit of a prick because you know why should he suffer anymore and that's what makes this character so interesting mm. uh,
0: so he starts the match by like aggressively beating on la parka uh Parker does one one of my favorite things he does which is the like it's almost like he's trying to do the um the poetry in motion into the corner but like he just eats turnbuckle and goes arse over tea kettle Um, and then he is speaking of turnbuckle he eats a nasty amount of turnbuckle off a drop toe hold like he He does does not put up his hands at all um grabs him Eddie grabs him by the mask which is like his new thing that he did started doing against psychosis, where he like he grabs a guy by the mask and drags him except this time he fucking grabs Laverka by the mask and does like lawn bowling and just hoofs him out of the ring onto the floor follows with a big dive um parka whipped into the railings he does kind of like a wobble that almost looked like his dance and then i completely cracked up at eddie just doing the mocking la parka dance in front of him um so good he, he then shouts that Parker's is a disgrace which i loved just reminded me of like the heyday of bill and the boys on uh on, on rt soccer college
2: going, oh, he's a disgrace um, <laughs> oh, god i miss those days damien oh. Duffin. You know, I can't remember who else is on the, the panel these days, but like, yeah, it's the days of Bill and name and, yeah. and just have at loggerheads was great. God, There's I miss Eamon and Dumfy, and that sounds so, so weird because he's terrible.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like, how do we describe it, Joy? Because like, it's like, so most sports commentary is like somewhere between bad and inoffensive. Like, inoffensive is about as good as it gets on most sports commentary I watch, like, whether it's on soccer or whether it's um, NFL. That that's kind of the analysis you're getting is either very middle of the road not going to offend anybody or it's just bad because people are trying to like <laughs> out hot take each other um, there was a concert like a, like a 20 plus year period on Irish TV where the soccer pundits were four old men who did not give a shit and if something was bad they would tell you at length, how bad it was, and oh, it was yes. compelling
2: television. That's it. You had honesty. You had these. It was basically watching four guys in the pub just have an argument about oh, alcohol. Well, maybe Eamon had a bit of alcohol, maybe yeah. and a little bit more. But these guys were. This they, they especially with Eamon, He was so contrarian. If if yeah. the other three guys would say it's black, this guy was confirmed, you believe it's white, and like yeah, they well. were. So honest sometimes and brutal, and they were un- unforgiving in their, like, their 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 arguments with each other. And I'll, it was so it was compelling television rather than the actual match itself.
0: I'll never forget Eamon Dunphy's absolute burial of John Hartson who <laughs> I think was at Norwich at the time. I don't think he was at Celtic. Where I, I can't remember how much money it was he cost, but basically he had a shit one, and Eamon Dunphy used the telestrator to draw a circle around the bottom half of John Hartson's body and to say out loud in the studio, live television, that isn't the arse of a £7 million player, <laughs> or however much it was. Uh, oh, man. I, <laughs> I miss also, like, Eamon.
2: I do. I, I remember his meltdown with Rod Little. That's the, oh, the pinnacle.
0: So Rod Little was a journalist.
2: Who, was he? Well, yeah, yeah, Eamon painted him as someone else.
0: Uh, allegedly. So Rod <laughs> Little was this journalist, and there was an... Uh, an incident uh, at a World Cup in 2002 for no soccer uh, for people who aren't soccer fans where Roy Keane our captain and arguably I would say inarguably arguably the greatest player to ever pull on an Ireland shirt and he we will not legislate it because it is um, it has been quite some amount of years but he went home from the World Cup he took his ball he went home And this nearly caused a fucking civil war in Ireland. It was... Oh my god, it was so tense. But... There was an extended near mental breakdown by Eamon Dunphy on live television, who was a good friend of Keane's and the ghost writer of his autobiography. No. That was I, about. If I could like
2: correct you, Dave, I think this the meltdown actually happened when he left Man United, wasn't it? Not? Oh,
1: was it?
0: Oh, I was think it? so. Oh no, yes. Sorry, the cyp- The when he left the World Cup, that was the one where he. He's had a few Niall meltdowns, a to be fair. He, he called Niall Quinn a creep during that one. Yes, but yeah, it was when he left because he did the MUTV interview where he he's a bully and he stood United up to bullies. Yeah, he's a bully, and he stood up to bullies. And then um, Bill, O'Hur- uh, Bill O'Hurley, Bill the the kind of uh, the l- lovely granddad host of the show, would be like, and uh, he's he's always devil's advocate." And he goes, "No, but but, amen Rod Little said," and he, said, he Rod loses Lidl, it. I'll tell you who Rod Little is. He ran away and left his wife for a young one. <laughs> It's so great. And then you just, you just hear Bill go, ah, amen." <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, it, man.
0: Uh, and then it became, uh, it was parlayed into a very uh, successful t-shirt that I bought from uh, Twitter bad boy, Pray for Patrick, which is the famous Sonic Youth album cover. Except It says Rod Little, he ran away and left his wife for a life.
2: I'll never, I didn't, at the time I didn't even know who Rod Little was, and now I'll never forget him.
0: Yeah, especially now the more I learn about Rod Little being like a horrendously creepy, awful man. I'm just like, hell yeah, Amo, well done.
2: <laughs> he he um, tells it like it is poor Eamon. Yeah. Oh, and the thing is, he thing. did all that. The whole speech, he had to be under the influence of something. Oh, 100%. Oh, man. The, and 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 the thing part. is about Eamon, he was he was Roy Keane's uh, ghostwriter, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, there was a great moment as well where uh, Graham Soonis uh, former player and manager said to him was like, uh, Eamon, who did you ever manage during a disagreement? And Eamon says I managed to stay alive for 63 and a half years. Baby. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, I used to love Eamon Duffy though. He was, sometimes he was such a lick arse though, to the rest of him. He'd be like, yeah. you "No, know, like you look at like, the great players like Pele, Maradona, Giles, Sulis, and like, they just happened to be sitting beside him. Yeah. Well done Eamon, well right. done. Now, was
0: that during his Ronaldo's a cod?
2: He's, a, he's, he's a con man. He's a cod. Yeah, yeah. He's... He, he, he was. I think he said he was past it. I think in, ni- in two thousand and ten. I think he he wasn't he wasn't uh, past it there at all. No. Look, no.
0: If, if, if you want to treat yourself and you you've never heard of the man, like go to YouTube and look up like a best at Eamon Dunphy. He's a national treasure. Yeah. For the wrong it. reasons. There's a particular one where he does an entire character assassination of a man who was going for the Ireland manager's job named Terry Venables. That is a multi-part video during which Eamon produces a dossier of information <laughs> on how
1: crooked
2: the man was. was. He was brilliant, and the thing is, he just he was a loose cannon. You never knew what he was going to say, which way he was so unpredictable. Just you never a great knew. Promo. Oh yeah, a great promo. he could cut a promo, and he the thing is, he never something. really played a top level either. He played for like, Millwall, I think, was yeah. the highest league he got Close to. Millwall, yeah. You know, it's just he was a he's a fascinating man. Um, so uh, we back get, to wrestling, <laughs> yeah, back to wrestling. I guess,
0: yeah, we get a commercial, and it's like this fever dream Nitro commercial that tells you not to miss a minute. Uh, back in the ring, and I'm no- is noticing for the first time in this show there is a lot of empty chairs, which does not bode well for uh, our next. I-, I believe our next Thunder is a pre-tape that happens after this this broadcast. So I'm not I'm not looking forward to that one. Um, but I will say. Uh, I'm kind of noticing with the way we've gone match, 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 that the lack of faff on this show has been quite refreshing. It is.
2: Now, it's a bit. The content isn't necessarily better. Like to be fair, like this match itself is is just it's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like you're 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 on the road between fair and middling for a lot of this show. Now, I have made that reflection. I do know, like the second hour of this show does have a lot more shite. Oh well, it. it
2: doesn't really have promos per se, but it has a, it a has nice B movie.
0: <laughs> Good lord, it has segments. So Parka misses, uh, or na- sorry, LaParca nails Eddie with an Inzagori. Nice long stretch of Parker wearing down Eddie, giving uh, Eddie giving him more than I would have necessarily expected. Um, in, in this match, camel clutch variation where he's just clawing at his face, which is cool. Uh, Tane wonders if this is to invoke Gory Guerrero to enrage Eddie, as the camel clutch was one of the moves Gory was known for using. Uh, La parka pulls his hair, German suplex, then goes up top for a corkscrew moonsault, eats absolute shit. Eddie, the speed at which Eddie got up off the mat and hits, like, I could only describe the, the tackle he does. Like, it's not a pounce. It's kind of like a mid-ring version of, like, Darby Allen's pinball tope suicida. That's
2: a very good comparison, yeah. It's good. Like,
0: where he, he just bounces off the man. And, like, they just, again, the speed was Frightening for a man as wide as Eddie. Um and then, you know, Park is down, Frog Splash win. Nice little match, but I particularly lo- I thought it finished
2: strong. It did. And the, with Eddie, I think the the problem with watching Eddie in high size is that you know how high the bar is for him as, as he gets on with his career, you know what he can do. This guy is capable of so much more. This is this is decent, it's nothing bad. It's dare, dare I say probably match of the night, which is a low bar to be fair. But it's it's perfectly fine. There's perfectly acceptable wrestling. It's nothing too adventurous or too exciting, but it's, yeah. it's enjoyable at the very least. Yeah.
0: Um, next up, it's Masterpiece Theatre time. Yes. We've what I came talk- here for. We have talked around this, but this is the first segment of Macho Man. Oh, it's pure bollocks. And Kevin Nash. It is some of the most fabulously bad pre-tapes I've seen. The thing that I kept thinking, Joey, when we watched these throughout the rest of this show is this was the take they went with.
2: Yes. <laughs> Macho Man is, a, is an absolute star, like, in so many ways inside the ring. He is a great promo guy. He is a fantastic improved promoter. He is not a good actor. No. No. Um,
0: neither, no. Is, neither is Nash trying to be cool. So it's like the perfect... Um, it's the perfect blend of, like, Nash is just bad, bad, but Match is, like, going for it. So, he's, oh. like, so far into bad. I loved it. So, just just, just
2: to be clear, just to, so the viewers know and the listeners know, who's the face and who's the heel here?
0: So, in theory, the baby face is Kevin Nash.
2: Who has kidnapped the valet of Macho Man. Uh-huh. So yes, that's the correct. the face is a kidnapper. That's a good 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 start. Good yes. platform. Yes. yes. Okay. okay, we've established okay. that. Yeah. And just to be clear, then he's he's then contacting a, a kid, the macho man kidnapper. with ransom. The man's a kid, nearly
0: a kidnapper who, for a lot of these segments, is strongly implying that he has gorgeous George in some form of servitude or perhaps sex trafficking.
2: Oh, well, this is this is '99. He's he's a pure yeah. face, pure face. Yeah, like yeah. This, it was a different time. Men could be men yes man can be Harvey Weinstein
1: so
0: Macho is pacing in his hotel room in far too small of a t-shirt um, it's also very weird just to see Randy Savage in a normal t-shirt that was kind of disconcerting he, he um, was slowly
2: transitioning into like you know just plain man, Randy Savage at this stage
0: it was where I learned that Randy Savage has magical powers because Randy Savage was able to make his phone ring by shouting at it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Ooh, he
0: picks it up, and without knowing, because no caller ID, no display on the phone, it's a, just a very simple old hotel phone with physical buttons on it, as, as was the style at the time. Um, he picks up the phone and immediately answers it. Instead of, hello, or who is this? Says, sexy, this you? and <laughs>
2: He's expecting his call
0: any other human being on earth on the other end of that phone would be incredibly disconcerted by that as a way to start a phone call just to be clear
2: right so she was kidnapped on Monday yes and this call takes place on Thursday yes so he's been pacing perhaps for three days yeah
0: now I would love if the camera were to pan down and there was like a hole worn through the carpet (laughs) or there's like loads of like TV dinners strewn about the room because he's like I can't leave I can't leave just oh, in case uh, I also the thing about him waiting for the call is at no point at least in the recap version we saw was it made clear there would be any form of communication or negotiation taking place he's just waiting I for a call
2: that may never come
0: I didn't realize until maybe three of these segments deep that they had Nash's belt did not know that <laughs> did not notice either yeah, that's did not completely know that. new yeah uh, this was not brought up until they have the hostage exchange later, um, and yes, we will be getting to that. Um, So, just a phenomenal way to answer the phone. Nash is shirtless in bed, getting a massage from a blonde woman in a robe. Oh, he's great. above the waist.
2: He is definitely selling a sex line, right? Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like yeah. you could just you could just mute him there and have some guy talking over him. Hey, oh, do you like hot, guys in your area? Hot singles in your area. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: He tells Macho, there's a phone booth, that it'll. T- uh, he has 15 minutes to get to it. It's like six blocks away. Oh, he has and 30.
2: then any changes at the 15? Yes, true. True, and true face fashion.
0: In a line that fucking kills me, but it becomes uh, weirdly a bit of the continuity of this angle. Randy says, I'll be there, but I don't know
2: where I'm going. <laughs> kind of like, like the storyline, really
0: yeah yeah this is the whole story the the whole the whole thing tonight is that randy savage he manages to get there but he is utterly perplexed by fairly simple instructions from from kevin nash
1: oh that's
2: Um, brilliant he is he's he's absolutely playing a blinder here
0: yeah he so nash says if i if i don't see you the deal's off at which point i'm like what deal no one mentioned a deal
2: it's just, and again, he's supposed to be like just the, the face he's bartering for like a a, a, a world title for like a, a human, you know. It's not then, exactly top face stuff. Like, and the whole time I was also looking at Nash and thinking he's like Mister Burns in his bed, you know, with his little phone, you know, when he's waiting for uh for Homer to call. Wrapping
1: his <laughs> finger around the cord.
0: Yeah,
2: he's adorable.
0: He's calling the Corey Hotline, is what he's doing. <laughs> um, no, no
2: that love- rhyme at Nash Cash. I, I love trash. The,
0: the end. It, this was trash. I, uh, I love the end of this segment where, like, after he hangs up the phone, Nash does a deep sigh, grabs his glass of wine, and moans. Oh, I
2: don't know if I could take another day of this. <laughs> Again, was this was this like the cameras have already stopped rolling at this stage, and he was, didn't realize he was still on. Um, and
0: we then get uh, most of the Rap is Crap music video. which I is fucking love this. Being recorded. this. This was fabulous. This I fucking brilliant. I wept at the live performance a couple of weeks ago. Um, I love this. This is like, at first, I was just like, I knew, I had never experienced, uh, like, again, I think I'm watching on and off during this period as a kid, oh. but I don't remember Rap is Crap.
2: Like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this from Power Slam magazines, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, this this sounds awful. I can't, what are you doing yeah. with Kurt Henning? Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to pray for Kurt Henning. What are they doing to him?
0: At the start, it seemed really bad, but it made a turn into, like, goof territory a few weeks ago, where <sighs> I'm like, I'm fully, I'm on, fully board on board. I'm fully on board. It's great.
2: Like, I'm I, first of all, I love in the video you have Kurt and it's frilly marigolds. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just, like... What was the choice there? Like, you know, like he's is he going to clean a toilet but wants to yeah. look stylish at the same time?
0: And they're doing this hilariously pandering crap that like it's so funny that like the urban legend goes that this got play on country music stations.
2: Did it actually though? Like, well, did, like is, that's the thing. No, is, one, al-
0: no one seems to be able to verify this, but there's definitely like people there's definitely people in various cities in the south that they're at when this angle is going on that are super into the song. And seem to have absolutely no awareness that they are being massively dunked (laughs) on. Because you know, there's gonna be
2: a good those couple of hicks that are gonna be like that actually hate rap music and thinking, yeah, Yeah. this is this this is the song for me.
0: I think that's the the genius of it is that (laughs) they're getting really into it, but they're not even stopping for a second to think the people who are doing this are the biggest. Idiots on the roster, uh-huh. and like this is like Car- Kurt Hennig is a guy who has been like one, like physically, he's washed, and two, he's been like since Rick Rude le- uh, died, he's been understandably for a guy who lost one of, if not his best friend at the time, treading water, like doing nothing. Um, and this has just given him like it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like he he fucking loves this, or at least he's really good at selling like he's really enjoying this even if he actually wasn't it's like holy shit does this guy look like he's having the time of his life he's taking
2: shit and making it into something like you, I think you mentioned there with Canyon and his Positively Canyon this is on the same vein this is he's taking something where he let's be honest I mean, the whole NWO court never fit he was he was just another guy a faceless guy that didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things here he's entertaining at the very least
0: Speaking of the Rednecks, eight-man tag team match, uh, Damian El Dandy, Silver King, Viano 5 versus the West Texas Rednecks, Barry Windham, Bobby Duncombe Jr., Big Bob Cum, Kurt Hennig and Kendall Windham. Uh, I described the former tag team as the beefy luchador Justice League. Uh, I am always delighted to see Silver King on my screen, but I would have appreciated him in a singles match rather than stuck with the likes of Damian. Uh, but here
2: we are um, I, I love the fact that the Mexican didn't the Mexican team didn't have a stereotypical team music which is no. again for the time' it's very unheard of
0: yes <laughs> and like, if Russo was already here would not have been the
2: case you, we, we we need lawnmowers first of all we're gonna yeah. we're gonna need definitely some sort of spanish guitar and that's it like and it's, it's yeah. just refreshing because like, like it doesn't happen at this era at all especially if you're wwF Vince, he's straight away you're from mexico you get Mexican music and you'll fucking like it can
0: we talk about the Barry Wyndham fit?
2: His, because his, his never new shorts.
0: This yes. The the, <laughs> the, the 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 coal miner's gloves, bright yellow. The black vest, the never new jorts, and enormous knee pads is He's a great. Fucking, It's a fucking mental look for a, a human being. To <laughs> have. For someone
2: who at at one stage in his career had so much like going for him to be reduced to this is like and he seems really happy to be there i have a
0: comparison for this this collection of of human beings to give you at the end of this match and we'll see if you agree with me but we'll get we'll get there when we get there uh this match i look i wasn't gone on this i think it was just guys doing moves and filling time uh dandy versus kendall was particularly awkward shite Um, is the
2: word i'd go shite Kendall is terrible. He doesn't he's even like, look good. Like, off. like no. he, his whole he look looks just hurts like my eyes. It. Yeah. Like he's, he's like you know he's some guys like fair enough. You're not blessed with good looks. Like he just doesn't give a shit about his appearance. No, God bless he's him. Not even trying. Barry's yeah. haircut is just like, it's I don't know what to call it. Like I remember when he was the the, the stalker in 1996, and I was like I'm trying to compare what he looked like, but um I don't, I don't remember. Uh, exactly what the actor's name was or really the show too well but i remember uh, there was a show coach with a greg t nelson and he had like a psychic that looked very similar and i was thinking that's what he looks like he looks like a a comedy goof it's just uh, uh, barry you were so good in 1990 what happened yeah it's
0: an entirely different human being hennig when he's in is definitely the best of the cowboys that's not really saying much it's a low bar Uh, Dandy throws a few slaps at him And Hennig One of the great things about Hennig Even when he's washed Is that there are He's maybe top of the list in WCW When it comes to selling being punch drunk Like just staggering around um, He's always a good seller to be fair The Lucha lads gang up on Hennig uh, And the other fucking Egypts Just stand there watching it happen <laughs> until, <laughs> until Big Bob Cum realises He needs to do something Or may have already missed his cue uh, so he gets in to interrupt. The crowd don't give a shit about this at all. Um, the match breaks down and pretty much immediately, like, you, it's funny, because usually when a match breaks down, you get a couple of minutes of brawling and then you get the finish. Pretty much as it's breaking down, Kendall hits a running bulldog out of the corner and they just fucking win. It
2: and it then was, It was kept short, which is a positive, yeah. right?
0: That's true. Didn't stay. <laughs> its welcome and at about 3.4, uh, he Kendall gets back up and drops an extra leg. On the man after the bell. Yeah, why not? Uh, the dorks sing along again. Um, and this is where a relatively modern day WWE comparison hit me for the West Texas Rednecks at this particular period of time now that they've taken on a few more members. This crew has huge League of
2: Nations energy. Oh, man. Jesus. League of Nations. There's something I forgot all about. We have, we have, we have, we have, we have Rusev. We had Wade Barrett. Oh. It yeah, yeah, big Bertie banter. Bert, um, Jesus, yeah, and and yeah. Shambo. Um, it's
0: a long time ago. It's a, long time a ago, now, d- I I have I believe I've confessed to this before. I'm a huge League of Nations fan. I they they were the right <laughs> kind of bad stable because they provide and they provided me with two of the biggest laughs I ever had in modern WWE. Firstly, was during the Rumble where they took out Roman and Miro did the big, come here, boss, and hugged Vince. Great stuff. <laughs>
1: that was Actually,
0: three stuff. laughs. The one that I really wished was a recurring bit when they had their backstage meeting in their little hall of flags. That was great. <laughs> Around a tiny little table. Fabulous. And then at the one WrestleMania I attended, they was where they had the match with uh, the New Day and they beat them. And Wade Barrett cut the most fabulous one-sentence promo of all time, where he screamed down the microphone, that's right, the lads have won. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the lads. Yeah, when they were calling themselves the lads, it was great. I like they were. I don't think they were good, but they were great. They this were tremendously entertaining.
2: A great, hot, energy, you know, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah they, like, you transplant them into this period of WCW, they're the biggest act on the show.
2: I... Don't I really think it's a it's a big insult to the League of Nations though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. my god! Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> the, the, there's no one here that's that's gonna ever really improve. You look at the likes of Shames; he's gone on to better things. When he, yeah. he's, Wade Barrett had potential. These guys at this stage of career are either washed or never yeah, was. Wade,
0: Wade Barrett, if it wasn't for his like his body letting him down, probably would have achieved quite a bit more. Seamus is great. Miro obviously fabulous. We both love him. And He's the awesome. other guy, yeah, whatever. Um Savage. Let's go back to uh amateur dramatics. Savage is in the alley.
2: Oh god, this, I, is, this, this, know, this is brilliant. This is a, it, like like you you take the lead in this here, but it's just like how does this guy not know his own ringtone?
0: This is this this is what my very first note was just like you talk about making your big Main event. He look like a fucking idiot. His cell phone goes off, and he has genuinely no idea. He's answering
2: the phone like an
1: absolute
0: the payphone, and it's like the most cell phone ringtone of all time. Like it was like just short of being a Nokia
2: 3310 Like
0: yeah, and he picks up the he picks up the payphone. He sorry, he picks up both payphones, one then the other. Um, <laughs> it's in your pocket. Are, <laughs> they are strongly implying still because he's talking Nash on the phone that that gorgeous George is the masseur in question in the uh, in the robe. Uh, Nash says the deal is just the two of them. Four blocks back the way he came, once again, just saying four blocks back in the other direction absolutely confuses Savage beyond belief.
2: Oh, he's, he's threatening Nash like a like a low rent moses. Like you know, like he's yeah, just like, yeah. he's just giving the absolute socks, and Nash is just.
0: Yeah. And swearing. Okay. He's being bleeped out and everything.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> he's and, definitely
2: uh, trying to do the lolo. He wants to do the lolo. He keeps mentioning he's going to a quick pick.
0: This is where we this is where we piece together the bit about <laughs> yeah. the belt being to get hostage as well, because the, the the deal is the girl for the belt the girl for the strap, I think is how it's worded. Um next up we have uh, again you wanna talk about matches that, that could have been a lot more given a lot more time. Uh, WWE World Cruiserweight title match Rey Mysterio Jr. with B.A. Conan Answell versus Blitzkrieg uh, a Lee Malone special I think oh, I like um,
2: Blitzkrieg from the day but he's one of those guys I think I look back with rose tinted glasses like I, I remember like the odd time I would have caught one of his matches and I think this guy's great this guy's fantastic he looks like just something so different he's fast and I look at him here and thinking oh he's he's okay
0: is it like again? We said it the first time he showed up. Is like you don't even have to tell somebody that this guy was heavily influential on Jack Evans. <laughs> Do you like, know what I mean, like he's he's got a
2: he's got a great name. I love his name. He's got he's one of the best team musics on the show. You know, he's getting me pumped, yeah. but he just doesn't this. It doesn't match up with what he is. You know, oh, the, the whole Lee, thing just doesn't. Lee match. is
0: going to be so upset with you, Joey.
2: I know. But listen, you've got to be honest and say it to myself. Like, like I look at Blitzkrieg here, and he just, he does the odd bit of move here and there, stops, yeah. does another move, stops. And yeah. it never gets into any real rhythm. And we know what Ray's capable of. You know, we know when he's firing on all cylinders, you know, and to be fair, like, you know, he, Ray is, like, he just, he, I wouldn't say he phones it in, but he goes through the motions a bit.
0: Um, so, t- today, once again, mentions uh, tune in on Monday for Brett and Megadeth. But before this match starts, something you alluded to earlier, Joey. Oh, yes. Joey. BA gets on the mic. Oh, God, what was he doing?
2: What was he doing? He, and it's, like it's like your sitting, brother does this in a different company. How about you do it here? It, it and then trails off.
0: <laughs> it made me think about that man and that act, which I hated at the time. I still hate now. But yes, B.A. gets on the mic and does the, oh, you didn't know.
2: Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, which is funny because, like, I would guarantee that at the time, 95% of WCW fans had no idea this man was related to the Road Dogg.
2: We do now, though. That's the thing. Yes. As soon as he mentions it, it's just like, oh, my God, we just put a pair of dreadlocks in the little shit bird. He, he, that's, yeah. that's, that's him. Yeah, but like, mm-hmm. he just does, he's like, you do, your brother does this, you go and do this, and he just, oh god, it's embarrassing. It's mm-hmm. so embarrassing.
0: Um, look, I don't have, because it's a Blitzkrieg match and because it's a Ray match, things happen too fast for me to be able to type a play by play here.
2: I even wrote, this is going too fast to type. What oh, I, have I don't think them. it goes that fast. I think again, like, like, I'm not saying it's not too fast, but like it, it yeah. doesn't inspire me. This match, it doesn't. Look, it's faster. It's faster than everything else on the show. We'll put it that way. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, First of all, I, a question, and I think you, I, I need to ask you this, and this maybe yes. I'm on an island on this one. Ray without the mask. What? What's your opinion? No, 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 I'm not saying Ray with the mask is is not better. Of course, he is. Yeah. Ray with the mask is infinitely better. But I don't think he sucks without the mask.
0: Look, in terms of in-ring, no. But I think he looks like a tiny little baby. Uh, <laughs> like, he like, looks like Conan's son. He looks like... Do
2: you remember the Mario Brothers film? Remember he had yeah. the Koopas in it with the tiny heads? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. That's, that's the thing that does it for me, is that he looks like... Look, for the level that WCW continued to push him at, yeah, whatever, fine. But for the level this guy should have been at for his talent, is like, you can't have him without the mask. Yeah. Like, he
2: just would not be taken seriously high up the card. He wouldn't be. And Is think it's like, again, it's his, it's his strengths were there. Don't strip mm. him of one of his strengths. It's gonna be, Look, he's clearly selling, you know, he's able to sell I'll, merch with this.
0: I'll actually do you know what? I'll link it into and put over a podcast featuring me that just dropped today. I was on the Must See Matches podcast again, talking about um, Gargano and Almas from TakeOver Philly. And right. my policy on taking... Off people's masks, luchador's masks is you damn well better look like Andrade if they take off oh, your mask. he looks so
2: much better without the mask, doesn't he?
0: Like that was, I think I'd caught on that show. I called him an unreasonably sexy man. Oh. Like you, that's how you better look. Like you better look him, like him or Doctor Wagner I'm. Jr. when you take off the mask.
2: <laughs> Some um, people just look better without the mask, and he like yeah. Andrade was one of them. Ray. I don't. I think it's, I'm. I'm. I think I'm on island here. Obviously, clearly, but I don't hate it. I don't think he's too bad with the mask. He's clearly much better with the mask. But yes. like, I don't. Think, I, I can. I can buy him coming down the ring as a little chicken shit little punk who yeah. thinks he's in a gang. And no.
0: yeah, yeah. Look, I guess again, for the level he was actually at. Yeah, if I was booking, and the level I'd want somebody like a Rey Mysterio at, I would never take off his mask. Um, okay. So it just depends on what you're kind of the context you're looking at him in. Because, again, True. it's not like they took off his mask and it's like, oh, my God, he's hideous or anything like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? he's, tele- he's telegenic. He's expressive. Um, you could say that if you're going to slot him firmly as a mid or undercard guy, um, that, you know, he has this youthful... Face about him that's going to get young people engaged in the product, perhaps. Now, I would say that's not nearly worth it as much as if they had actually properly merchandised the man, thinking about the millions and millions WWE would make on masks years later. For I'm, him. I'm just
2: shocked how WWE actually got him. Do you know, like it, they yeah. don't get many people from WCW, let alone people who are race, size, and stature. It's a, it's a yeah. miracle they actually were successful no and the one And that they itself. never took the mask off him. Yeah, they're, even, you know, they're not that stupid, like you know. But yeah. like, but did they give him the, the call of the soldier? They did not. Did they did not. not. That's true. I don't um, know. Have you ever seen any soldiers call like that? I, look,
0: I I can't fault him. I yeah. can't fault him for that. <laughs> um, look, um, Blitzkrieg does a cool cork, corkscrew, corkscrew leapfrog. Um, there's like some good kind of like they've, they've got a bit of electricity with the crowd going back and forth. And Bliss Creek gets the heat. And what I thought was like, and this speaks to kind of what you were saying, Joey, is that when Bliss Creek gets the heat, like uncharacteristically for how they portrayed both these men, the match just slows the fuck down. And like, I like when this happens with certain guys. So, like, when Psychosis would play like the bully heel of the Luchadors. And things would slow down and he'd take control and he was just like a base and a mean bully to guys like Kidman or to Ray. A modern
2: modern comparison would be Penta. Like when he slows down something, he looks vicious. He looks like he's going to kick your fucking head
0: off. This didn't work for me. Um, Ray reverses a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana over the ropes to the outside. Uh, Diving nothing from Blitzkrieg meets a dropkick block by Ray. Ray fires up hits his Rough Rider, and then a top-rope Frankensteiner, which does the job. Um, I don't think uh, anybody's in any doubt what you thought about
2: this, Joey. Disappointing. Uh, it's just not my not my cup of tea compared to what Ray is capable of. And I think, yeah. like, for the time, yeah, I think maybe it would have been, you know, a, a lot better. But I remember even just, like, even WSA, WWE having, like, the uh, odd you know, weight. sometimes. That'd be better than this. Like, you know, to have Taka, you know, or... Uh, uh S.A. Reyes for example, yeah, Agula. There you go. And like, this is way better. The the Ray Mysterio is capable of much better. But again, it's not bad. It's not. I'm not saying it's poor. I just think it was a bit disappointing. When I seen Blitzkrieg and Ray, I was thinking, hey, this this could really cook. Yeah, but uh, no.
0: both time and like they were just leaving a lot undone. Like they didn't really do the full amount that they are capable of. The the two of them. Uh. Next up, we go back to see the the hostage negotiations. What a hostage Uh, negotiation it is. Mm -hmm. I, I have to love that, like, so this is in, like, stereotypical, like, skid row, sort of, like, definitely not somewhere on, like, a studio lot. It's one of those places that, like, I don't know about you, Joey, but I was looking at this, and, like, this is one of those places that is made to look grimy via set dressing rather than actually somewhere that's grimy. (laughs)
2: Ah <laughs> oh, it's it's I, I, I again I can't fault this at all for what it is. I enjoyed it. Oh look, it's
0: what it is, I loved it. Starting off with uh, Kevin Nash, as we all when we show up to a hostage exchange, discreetly shows up in an enormous limo. Yeah. Uh yeah. Sat- he arrives and Savage is already standing in the middle of the road, going absolutely mad. Oh, he's brilliant. Uh, Sid, Sid, vicious in casual clothes. Like really
2: Sid just turns that. up. Like, like that's the thing. If, if you didn't watch Nitro, you, I'm I'm looking at this and myself. Right, why is Sid here? I know where this is going. Obviously, where the car is going, but at this particular time, I'm thinking Sid just rocks up. Where was? Why was? Was he not bit m- Macho on his side when he's pacing? To come down. Was he not trying to answer the cell phone there? Like where he just kind of rocks up in another or suddenly
0: this is the whole thing is that he was supposed to show up alone and immediately Nash could see that he didn't show up alone he's got his buddy with him and Nash gets out anyway (laughs) there's something about Sid in normal people clothes that just shoots his mystique to
2: shit for me see I'd I'd rather him come out in softball stuff personally
0: like he's like it it kind of there was a moment on the last show where I noticed that him standing beside Savage it's like there's not that much difference in their height and Sid is supposed to be a giant um and this is another one of those where i'm like god sid doesn't look nearly the the absolute like freak show attraction when he's wearing normal people clothes i don't think that did him any favors well nor would it have been if he was standing in the middle of the road in his ring gear so i don't know what you do to get out of that like maybe his 2000s wcw look of just being like in the in the waist jacket and like mom jeans maybe (laughs) would have done it um so, there's various street toughs looking on as this uh, this verbal exchange happens.
2: I was convinced um, that he was like the hot cops from Rest of Development. You know, like just, oh he was.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> just blow a shotgun hole through the door with it. like, oh,
1: stop, police.
2: <laughs>
0: All it was missing is like a man's arm flying off in the middle of it. And that's why you never exchange hostages. <laughs> Goddamn Jay Walter Weatherman. <laughs> um. So yeah, Sid starts off the fight by doing the world's most telegraphed swing with the belt. Misses. Nash has the upper hand on them until, very specifically, a man that in some ways resembles Sting attacks.
2: (laughs) Jeff Farmer's like, hey, that's my gimmick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, They grab a girl from the limo, and you can already see where this is going.
2: Oh, isn't it? It's it's very clearly not gorgeous, George.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 100%. They grab a girl from the limo and speed off in the Hummer. Then we go to our main event, which is Rick Steiner versus Buff Bagwell for the TV title. Uh, Rick questions whether uh, Buff is indeed in possession of the stuff uh, and says, Why don't I come in the ring and knock the hell out of you, boy? Uh, Very quickly, Steiner tears up the mat and pile drives Buff, then drops him on the rail uh they're doing the thing which is like basically how all buffs matches are laid out now is that the heel tries to break his neck again this is super cool
2: i love that like just from an aesthetic point of view rick steiner is a big enemy nowadays of the LGBTQ (laughs) contingency when he's dressed like this yeah yeah honestly right like he, he, like, he would have thought he was an ally just to, just based on how he's dressing here. But no, he's. But then again, when you listen to him talking, and yeah. i was like, we've rung this bell a number of times in terms of
0: references on the show, but he's very much. I'm looking for something that says, Dad likes leather. <laughs> you mean leather, Daddy? Oh, there is such a thing. We're
2: just going to keep going, to Tobias. He's that well as him today. We just need yeah. someone dressed in blue today, and we'd be right.
0: Rick is off to the gothic asshole uh, in, the, in this year, <laughs> that's for sure. Um. So, yeah, they're doing the thing where, like, look, I like the thing where, like, if a guy has an injury that the heels work on that, that I have no problem with. But it's the going from zero to 90 where, like, almost immediately the first stop is a, is a pile driver on the concrete. It's like, that's something you do deep into a match. Like, that's a big, like, that's... We're calling out the stretchers, sort of thing. Like, you don't do that as your opening and salvo. There's nowhere
2: to go following that.
0: And again, yeah, yeah. Like, but considering that. The, there, there's nowhere the, to go, and they do, in fact, go nowhere.
2: They do. And, like, let's be honest here. Like, Buff is, is very limited. Rick, at this yeah. stage in his career, is extremely limited. It's. Yeah. It, this 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 was never going to go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Buff, the but toilet.
0: <laughs> Buff is limited post uh, neck injury, but he is fucking steamboat compared to fucking Rick Steiner <laughs> in 1999. I'll
2: tell you like, that. I just, I just like I can imagine Vince McMahon didn't see this match pre-invasion, and like, you know, like if, no. he, if he sees this match, he's not giving him Booker that time. Mm. Things would have worked out so much differently. You know, Buff, Buff is just he's just he is charismatic. He has something. Yeah. I mean, he is a likeable goof in certain extents I love his overconfidence okay. I, yeah. I love his entrance to the ring so many people don't play to the crowd when they're walking to the ring yeah. the way he does it's not something that's commonly done these days at least but he's, he's he's got his strengths and his strengths aren't wrestling much
0: as I appreciate what they're kind of um like that they're going for something with him at, at the moment I do still pine for him and um Stein, uh, him and Scott Steiner as like upper mid card goofs. But they were great together.
2: They played so well off each other. They had great chemistry and like Buff Bagwell, he is like you know, the guy behind the, the, the charisma here in Grado is a bit of a you know a bit of a dork, you know, he is yeah. you know at the end of the day. So yeah, you know, it's it's a natural fit for him. But that
0: guy, yeah, that kind of character works better when it's a smarmy heel. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. But and but look. It's just one of those things that, like, you look at Buff Bagwell. He is, like, he. I, I always felt like he just never really thoroughly found his real place in professional wrestling. You know, like he he had something, but he was never gonna be that guy. He was gonna be a work rate guy. It's gonna be main event thing. He's never gonna be that guy unless it, you know, some things dramatically changed from his neck injury. But he's. He's a guy I always liked. He was a bit of a guilty pleasure. You know, I love his team music. I love his look. He's just... yeah, know, There's something about him. I don't know. I, just, I, I was always kind of warm to the guy. Yeah.
0: Look, it's, he's testament to the fact that, like, pro wrestling, you know, especially on television, is often more than just the belt belt. You know, uh, Brian Alvarez used to say that, like, pro wrestling is the art of taking in a mobile stiff and making you think he's the best wrestler that ever walked the earth. Oh. And, like buff bagwell's appeal is definitely like in in that school of thought i think like he can't do a shit in the ring anymore like if if jungle boy or
2: you know sammy guevara had probably more of his sort of attributes he they could have been more you know more appealing in this like sort of four pillars four way but they kind of lack in them sort of way to connect to the crowd where buff bagwell probably at this stage in his career just cannot connect as a wrestler in the ring
1: Mm.
0: Uh, So Buff is really struggling going through a break. uh, And then we return to rest holes. Yay. That's what we really wanted in this match. (laughs) Buff makes a comeback. uh, A comeback during which Rick is not much interested in selling. Stop me if I've heard that one before. Uh, A Gut wrench and a charge into the corner from Rick. Buff recovers. uh, He goes for the blockbuster. But as he's on top of the ropes... David Flair comes out looking like Prison Mike from The Office. <laughs> Prison uh,
2: Mike, that's a good show, man. That's a good show. In a
0: fucking dumbass bandana, and the fucking stun gun is back. Like, I saw Nash with the stun gun in that Nitro recap, and I was like, please, God. Please, God, don't let the stun gun be back as a thing. But unfortunately, it is. He uses the stun gun on Buff, and Rick wins. Um, oh. I mean, again, I don't think there's any shock here. But uh, what did you think uh, of the main event here before we get to the real main event? Hmm. It was lacking,
2: definitely lacking. Like again, like David Flair has no place really being in anywhere near the wrestling business, you know. Like and especially like I, I'm like, it's just not called for. It's the match was bad enough as it is without a fuck finish. Like, just I'm glad it's over. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It ends, but then we get, like, an almost, like, MCU-style postscript on the this crescendo, show. the
2: climax, yeah, what we all show. came here for the big payoff.
0: As it's revealed, uh, they're back in the car, they're heading away from the hostage exchange, and I'm sure you were blown away by this shock.
2: Didn't see it coming. Turns
0: out, it was Tory under the, 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 the sack the whole time. It wasn't like, gorgeous, George. They didn't
2: so realise this during the car journey. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and like they, yeah they didn't immediately check on site or on the car they got to another location stopped and then took her out
1: and then <laughs> took the, the like, or whatever she off
2: she does and, uh, again but she has similarities to Gorge stores and the fact that she's female but they look like completely different women yes. if completely. You are,
0: if you are dare I say a sexist Whoa. you would think they are identical they are blonde generously proportioned women
2: voluptuous like, is the is word you're, the, you're looking for what? Vincent Van's voluptuous I Yes, that I, word I, oh,
1: It's
2: the only person I've ever like, really known To use that word repeatedly yeah.
0: <laughs> um, So she declares That Nash is much smarter than you Now I think that may be the dumbest Line in the whole thing because If I was savage I would have done What they apparently didn't which would be Hey look Nash has just Handed us a hostage <laughs> Now we have our own so, but Nash
2: doesn't give two shits about Tori. He's, you
0: know. Babyface Nash doesn't give a shit. Is willing to give away a human life. Oh, man. Just for yucks. To get his belt back. Um, so that's the end of Thunder Episode 69. Nice. Um <sighs> Joey, you are the co-host, so you have the responsibility of giving your overall thoughts on the show and your winners and losers
2: of this episode. Well, the winner is definitely me because I got to come on this show. That's the first and know hey. first, you know. I'm like, oh, oh you, flattery will get you everywhere, my yes, friend. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Like, yeah, the, the winners this is Eddie Guerrero, first of all. Like, like, he, like mm. it's hard to... This guy is, to quote Cody Rhodes, he's undeniable, like... He, even when he's at the lower end of the card if he's given shit he'll make something work with it the guy is, he's hes looking great he's cut, he's in shape he's not exactly like, you know 2003, Eddie Guerrero at this stage but he's looking in great shape, he's quick he's agile, and he has this presence and intensity that some people just will never have, You can't buy that he is just, you know, it's a shame that he's only in a really sort of basic match in this card, it's grand it's nothing inoffensive, it's fine but there's nothing really inspiring on this card bar the wrestle crap of macho man you know like it's
1: yeah.
2: macho man was he was an absolute MVP like his acting skills his delivery his complete confusion it's just you cannot watch this and not enjoy it. he's perfectly cast in this ridiculous charade of hostages and trade-offs and swerve kidnappings it's just ah man this is so bad it's good this is why we watched Thunder
0: yeah yeah for sure it was like in that way it was one of the better ones we've done in a while so I appreciate that um, I don't know how they're gonna bring this shit into land for the pay-per-view but I'm, I'm along for the ride anyway like
2: just when you're watching some wrestling sometimes like you know if it's so boring that's when it's bad this was not boring This is, it, yeah. it, I was captivated every time Macho Man was on screen you know every time Kevin Natch had like a sultry sort of you know heel. Romo as the face it was just yeah this is what we came to see this is what wrestle crap is at its best is it's cheesy it's low rent it's poorly done and it just shouldn't work but yet it makes me laugh it makes me smile and therefore i come away entertained
0: yeah no absolutely the finish counter brought to you by ludwig borga gives this six matches with four clean finishes and only two interference leading directly to a finish Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. We'll be back on the free feed in two weeks. We'll be back next week at the Patreon, a large man appearscom Five Europeans gets you an extra two to three podcasts a month minimum at the moment. So um, check that out and we'll see you again very soon. Joey, before we wrap up completely, I want to give you the last word here. Um, hit us up with any plugs. Where can people find you? Where can they check out what you do?
2: Um, usually just a voices of wrestling contributor to the moment. The odd you know article here and there, nothing crazy. But um, yeah, hopefully you know when the, the babies are a bit older, they will get back to the podcasting game and be able to have some more lovely in depth discussions about the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, we're absolutely going to have you back on this show, so you definitely have a standing invite. But you may want to use those opportunities earlier rather than later, as this thing starts to careen off. Of both, <laughs> both the podcast and World Championship Wrestling, I mean.
2: The better, um, the better. Get this gets is by how WCW gets worse, and you are going to be, you're going to have plenty of innings, my friend.
0: Plenty to talk about, that's for sure. Uh, but thank you so much sincerely for myself and Lee for, uh, for for joining the show this week, Joey. I think it was a, a fun chat. Like I said, we'll definitely have you back. And uh, for everybody else, uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone for listening to another episode of Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder was produced by Lee Malone and edited by me, Dave Ryan. Keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us. You can follow us on Twitter at WCWThunderPod or click the tree link in our Twitter bio or in the show notes. I am at the day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore seven one three. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts that you can shake a stick at. Thanks.
2: go listen to the Lucha Jovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.